please don't sue me. This is not medical advice, but I will be telling you a story about how I fired my doctor, my endo left me, and what I'm doing in my search to find a replacement, but also how, in a sense, over the years, I've become my own doctor. People might be able to do that themselves. If you don't know who I am, uh, I am not a doctor, obviously. I'm only a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist living with type 1 diabetes. And today, uh, I'm going to get into some sticky situations with my medical team and uh, hopefully you can learn some lessons from that and again also teaching you some strategies that I've learned along the years so that I'm not as dependent on my doctor in between appointments. So without further ado let's get into our theme song and we'll jump in. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. So, in the same week, uh, I found out that my endo left the office that I've been seeing her at in the last decade. Uh, so I have to go find a new one now, apparently. I was trying to fill some prescriptions, and they just dropped that bomb on me. Uh, and then I messaged my primary care to get some blood labs that I was also messaging my endo for. And uh, in a nutshell, he said, no symptoms, no tests. And I was like, what about preventative care, though? <laughs> like, shouldn't we look for signs before they develop into actual symptoms? Uh, that's the whole point of blood labs, right? Looking at progress and, and where things are going. And uh, he, he vetoed it. And it caught me a little bit off guard. He's been supportive of things in the past. But then I remembered years ago, I actually went into his offices with some other actual symptoms that I was having. A uh, different health issue that's just outside of the topic of this episode today. And uh, basically went to him and said, hey, I'm experiencing these things. Can I get a referral to go see a specialist? And he was like, oh, no, ah, there's plenty of people that have that kind of thing. Uh, you just kind of deal with it. And I was like, really? Like, aren't you supposed to help me get better, doc? Right? So... There was that and then another separate occasion as well where I had brought a concern to him and he kind of, oh, you're fine, right? And so I realized this was strike three and I was still sweeping it under the rug, which I think oftentimes we're taught to do. Uh, you know, oh, doctor knows best, just listen to them. And oftentimes with people like me, type 1 diabetes, that can become a common theme. Oh, high blood sugars? Just add insulin and we'll see you in six months, right? Oh, low blood sugars? Uh, just, you know, make sure you're eating your food and uh, try to lower your A1C. And you're like, where is the actual care? <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel like I'm anything more than just a number to you. And uh, unfortunately, I actually did not initially take the action to fire my doctor. I was going to labs anyway. That's why I was requesting a bunch of different blood labs. Uh, I'm training for triathlons right now, my third one actually. And wanted to know where my baselines were at. Cholesterol, liver health, kidney health, obviously A1C, looking at those labs as well. Uh, getting uh, all these different things done, I thought, you know what, I'd love to just get the whole picture. You know, thyroid health, get everything checked. And uh, so I was like, you know what, even though my doctor vetoed the extra ones that I wanted to get, I'm still going in. So went in to, uh, to see the phlebotomist, and they were checking me, and while they were drawing my blood, I asked hey, is it 
weird that my doctor vetoed my request for blood labs. Like, does the hospital get him in trouble if he requests too many blood labs? Or is that a thing? Like, what are your thoughts? And she goes, he vetoed you? What do you mean? And I explained the situation. She was like, oh, no. And she it was like she was my mom or something. It was funny. Absolute character gem of a woman. She's like, oh, no, honey, you need to fire that man. He should be working for you. It's <laughs> like, I love this. Tell me more. And she was like, there are people who will come in to get their blood drawn. And while we are drawing their blood, they will ask for new labs. We message their doctor. They get approved. And we just continue taking their blood. It's that quick. And they prove 99% of the tests. And I was like, what? She's like, oh, yeah, they work for you. It, it's a simple lab draw. They don't get penalized for this. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Long story short, she was like, we're going to fire your doctor today. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, it's very impulsive, but, I mean, the history show that this was going to continue, right? Third strike. We need to end this thing. So uh, she listed a few doctors. She took me to the front desk and was like, we're getting this taken care of right now. This is the guy you want to see. This is the backup in case their schedules are full. We're going to switch you over. And I was like, wow, thank you so much. You know, it really helps to have someone who knows what they're doing uh, and is well connected, of course, as well. Uh, and so she set me up and I'm going to be hopefully getting a phone call in the next few days. But in this process, I realized that a lot of people are either unhappy with their medical team or just aren't getting enough support and they might not even know it. So the first thing for today is just to do some self-assessment, uh, become aware of the support you're getting. Are you getting all the blood labs you need? Uh, are you able to ask questions in your appointments? Like, is that encouraged? Are you allowed to be curious about your own blood sugars or your overall health? Uh, do they support open-minded thinking, you know, alternative health, right? Is it just a pill pusher that we go to see who gives us prescriptions and tells you to take more Advil? Or are they looking at root cause? Are they looking at how can we change your lifestyle to better heal yourself independently of the medical system? Like more exercise, sleep, more veggies, that sort of thing, right? So these are questions that I, I want to ask myself, but also I want everybody else to consider as you're thinking do I like who my medical team is right now and are they serving me? Are they helping me to pursue my best health or are they just trying to get me to survive, right? Uh, am I getting to a, a certain point, for most people it's an A1C of 7, 70% time and range, and then getting set on the shelf, pushed aside because, hey, you're not actively dying, so we're going to set you over here and focus on the patients who are actively dying, right? <clears throat> Too often, there is this gap where people who want to pursue their best health are left alone to figure it out independently. And it's really unfortunate. It is actually what happened to me years ago, where I decided just to take it into my own hands. So in today's episode, I want to walk through what I've done to take it into my own hands, a few specifics that might help you. Again, no medical advice. I would say talk to your doctor, but maybe make sure your doctor is actually helpful <laughs> in this process of talking to them. Uh, but two is what kind of questions should we be asking ourselves when we're searching for a new doctor, endocrinologist, dietitian, PA, medical team in general, right? What are we looking for? And I actually went live with one of our, our communities on here. And uh, I told them the story, went into detail. It was actually the day it happened. And I said, hey, uh, what kind of questions or what concerns would you bring up in your search for a new doctor or a new endo? So first, I want to talk about that. And then we're going to end on uh, what specifics you can do to become your own doctor, essentially. All right, is that cool? 
So I'm going to read these off because I thought they were fantastic. Uh, some of them have names. Some of them are just from different communities. Uh, so a great example actually came from our Warriors Inner Circle. So these are my private clients. It's the coolest crew around. If you guys, I know you're watching this too, everybody in the Inner Circle. Y'all are awesome. I love working with you. Uh, but from the Inner Circle, we chatted about this. And they said, check with, check with what's in your insurance. So see what else is out there, right? Uh, but also check virtual check virtual options and as you're checking virtual like this right you're watching me on video or you're listening to me on a podcast uh, oftentimes you can do virtual check-ins with doctors outside of your geographical location which will enable you to be more selective to see who else is out there that you get along with and that actually supports your goals right it's a big deal uh, sometimes this will be an option for you to even get new prescriptions or new coverages like for a cgm uh, when I was first trying to get CGMs and all that, I had to prove that it would benefit me, which is stupid, right? My sister, who has type 1, she had to write a letter to her endo and to her insurance proving that a CGM would be beneficial for her as somebody living with type 1 who was also a night nurse. She worked in the ICU and was like, yeah, it would be beneficial to have a CGM that tells me my blood sugars while I'm giving people CPR. Like... This is stupid. We have to prove this. Anyways, getting besides the point. Another piece that came from my Warriors Inner Circle, my private clients, they told, I'm surprised I didn't even think about this. Google the doctors and endos that are recommended for you. Because if anything crazy happens, it's going on the internet, right? And I encourage you, same thing. If you're listening to me and you're like, why should I listen to this guy? Search me, FTF Warrior, Matt Vandevecht, all right? There's probably... 50 pages of diabetes stuff <laughs> you'll come across you know different keynote presentations i've given for jdrf and the ada uh search around right i'm an open book uh, and everybody should be so um google your doctors i hadn't considered that but and this is another one of my clients brought this up if they've been in any lawsuits those are going to pop up too. I was like, ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's going in the podcast episode. So Google your doctors, even your current ones, just in case something comes up and you're like, ooh, red flag. I got to switch doctors ASAP, right? So that one came from there. Uh, here's a couple pieces from comments that I got during that live I was telling you about. Make sure they're also open to alternative or holistic ideas. Make sure that they are educated in my specific case. I thought that was great. Uh, that they don't rush you through. But that was fantastic as well. That one came from Michelle. So thank you, Michelle. Uh, another one, alignment with your long-term goals, like thriving with type 1, not just surviving, right? Uh, and that actually came from a, a doctor friend of mine. It was like, make sure that they're actually on board with where you want to go. Uh, great example, if somebody wants to be vegan and their doctor is following the carnivore diet, well, you're going to butt heads at every single appointment, right? Make sure that you're in alignment with them. Next one, sometime... Sometime. Someone. There you go. Someone who sees you as a member of your own health team and your opinion is heard. That one's coming from Barbara. Love that one. That your opinion is heard. Like it's okay to be curious and to have thoughts of your own. It should not be, uh, you know, this dictatorship of the doctor telling you what you're going to do with your health. You should be part of it. It's a discussion, right? It's your health after all. Uh, let's see if anybody else... That was it. Okay, cool. So those are the ones that I picked out that I wanted to, to draw attention to. I thought they were fantastic. So uh, those are a few thoughts on what to look for. I would say that uh, obviously being in network is a big bonus, but sometimes, and I've heard people do this, 
just go into a private office. You, know, you find the best fit for you might not be in your direct insurance or uh, a great option. I, for a long time, I found an endo that I loved, but I had to drive about two and a half hours to get to her. And that went on for years. It, for me, it was worth it. I found somebody who was a great match. Uh, so consider not only do you need a new doctor, but what you would look for, what kind of questions you're asking. When this phlebotomist had told me I needed to fire my doctor and replace him with these other two guys, uh, I asked her, well, are they pill pushers? And she was like, no, 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 natural healing. I was like, cool, cool. Like pills are an option, but I don't want them to be the only option, right? Let's look at alternative uh, options as well. Uh, so think about those questions as you're considering searching your own. Now, in the journey of becoming your own doctor, with diabetes, let's just be real, the entire thing is crazy complicated. It is. There are 50 plus variables that can throw blood sugars out of whack. However, there's a couple easy ones that we can pinpoint that help us to make more informed decisions. First one, law of averages. Where does the baseline blood sugar sit? Where do my blood sugars feel like they're automatically returning to no matter what I do? An example, uh, if I take an a insulin dose for a meal, I eat, everything goes stable, it, it comes down because I pre-bolused responsibly, I counted my carbs correctly, all that jazz, and over the next couple of hours, it creeps back up to 200. And then the next meal comes. I dose, it goes down to 120, nice and stable, and then creeps back up to 200. The, I give a correction before bed, it goes down to 100. Yes, overnight, it creeps back up to 200 and stays there, right? Where is my baseline? Where is my average? And use that as an indicator, as a clue, as to what might be necessary for your next steps, right? So if I find that I'm always giving corrections of insulin, which transparently, my last couple of days have been that. Uh, after each meal, every single meal, I've given multiple corrections. It has been incredibly frustrating. Turns out, I'm human too. <laughs> Even though, let's see if I'll pop it up right here. Uh, this is my last week, as you can see, 94% time and range. And as it also says, that's the same as the week before. So it's still possible to recover from those highs, right? I was giving lots of corrections. Uh, I was a bit aggressive with it and that enabled me to stay more in range, but this stuff's possible. But I also want you to know I make mistakes. My body also likes to throw twists at me and, uh, and make me second guess my decisions with diabetes management sometimes. So last couple of days, I've been rebounding all the way up to the highs. No matter how many corrections I gave, it just wanted to sit higher. So for me, I made an adjustment to my insulin. Didn't talk to my doctor, didn't talk to my endo. I've also been doing this for a decade where I researched trial and error, experimented, documented everything. I literally coach people on how to do this. So granted, I probably have a little bit more experience doing this than most people, and that's what makes me feel safer doing it. I've also been given the blessing from my endo who was like, you do really good on your own. Just keep doing what you're doing. But that being said, our body is giving us hints. Our body is telling us a story. We just have to listen to it. Now, on the other side of the equation, uh, because diabetes is a giant math equation, if you haven't heard me say that before, you heard it now, literally is all equations. Insulin to carb ratio, insulin to protein ratio, correction factor. These are all math terms. Diabetes is math, which is crazy. But anyways, the other side of this equation, if you notice, you have to constantly snack throughout the day. Oh my goodness. If you heard that, that was a, a notification from our Warriors Inner Circle, the thing I was talking about earlier, my private clients. We have a private chat, 
and one of them just oh my gosh i have to share this uh it looks like she just got her a1c results back <laughs> and oh my goodness this is i'm getting the chills this is really exciting uh she got her a1c back and it's a 5.5 and she says it's the lowest it's ever been previously the lowest she'd ever gone was a 6.4 or 6.5 oh my goodness i'm getting kind of choked up i love doing this kind of stuff this is why I love serving all of you, this community. Wow, well congrats. I won't say your name, but client of mine, you know who you are because you just sent a message to our group chat. Uh, that's fantastic. Anyways, I lost my train of thought. Lows, okay, so if you're always snacking and you constantly, we call it feeding the insulin, right? If you're snacking just to stay stable, probably a good indication that there's too much insulin, right? Uh, we shouldn't have to constantly snack. And this was a false belief from many years ago where they would tell us you have to have your meals at the same time every single day, otherwise you'll go low. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? That just means that you've had an imbalance in your diabetes math equation. There's too much insulin at those parts of the day. And so when we look at the you know different types of insulin, I've got a whole video on you know basal bolus, correction factor, timing of it. Uh, obviously with our clients, we work in more detail with that kind of stuff. But uh, if you look at the macro, the big picture, oftentimes law of averages, look at your baseline, where do blood sugars tend to return to? It'll give you a good idea of what your next steps might be. All right, and that's a step in becoming your own doctor. It all starts with documentation. Best thing you can do, document your blood sugars and look for patterns. I promise you that will help you identify what is likely uh, a more informed, well-educated decision process that is safer, right? You don't wanna make decisions recklessly with diabetes. After all, we are playing with a very volatile medication, insulin, that can cause things to go completely out of whack with just a single drop. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, so all that being said, uh, I really hope that this was helpful for you. If you are searching for a new doctor or a new endo, know that I'm doing it too. Uh, it's, it's a little bit unnerving. Thinking about the people I've seen for the last decade plus are just gone now. And I have to start over fresh with somebody else. But I'm also excited, uh, not just at the opportunity to learn this new skill set of looking for a new doctor or endo, but also to share it with you to make sure you know that you're not alone in this. And uh, obviously, in becoming your own doctor, we all should have a certain degree of responsibility over our own diabetes. I know there are, are a lot of dictator endocrinologists and doctors out there that will tell you, hey, just give me your pump. I'll change everything for you. And... I'm not going to tell you what I did because I'm your doctor. I make the changes. Uh, or people who say, I want to eat this diet. And the doctor says, nope, I am vetoing that. Uh, and that actually happened to me as well in the past. So understand that, A, you don't have to settle. A lot of good doctors and endos out there. And B, you might as well start becoming your own doctor because what if, like my endo, they just up and leave? She was awesome. I have nothing against her. But her life's path took her somewhere else. And now I'm left to fend for myself, which thankfully I can. But if you can't, if you're not fully independent in knowing how to change your variables and, and balance your math equations within diabetes, it's time to start doing that so you can be prepared. Be more confident and certain in your blood sugar management. All right. In that journey, you know, becoming your own doctor, I keep saying that uh, information is going to be key. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, it 
can be reckless. It can be dangerous. So you have to be extremely cautious with it. And in getting new information, it's critical that it is up to date. So you're not using outdated information like only focusing on the A1C or uh, still using the exchange system or uh, looking at a carb as 15 carbs. Everything is changing. It's constantly in flux. So one thing that we've done to solve that is create something called the Renegade Warriors newsletter. Uh, In fact, I'll drop a link in the show notes or in the description of this video. Um, Critical to stay on top of that kind of stuff. And that that's what that whole thing was made for. It's a free report that we developed to get you cutting edge materials that allow you to become more informed and take care of yourself better, whether you have a good doctor or not. All right, so you should check that out. It's in the description. Uh, but aside from that, I did mention the different types of insulin, different reasons of insulin we take, basal, bolus, correction factor, all these different things. I'm gonna link up a video for you on YouTube if you're here with me. You know, watch that, check it out. And I appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Drop a comment with your experiences. I'd love to hear what kind of questions you'd ask your doctor as well. And I'll see you in the next video. Keep up the fight.